Welcome to day 54 of the story that changes everything. Our readings for today are chapters 4 and 5 in the book of Deuteronomy. Here are some thoughts to guide your reading for today. Chapter 4 serves as a long introduction to the rearticulation of the law, and it clearly sets the pattern for what we'll keep calling the deuterohistoric lens through which Israel interprets its history. More about that later. But here, notice two commands that are repeated throughout this text. The first is to listen, and the second is don't forget. Listen and do not forget. If I could get scholarly with you for a moment, it's the consensus of most Old Testament scholars that these texts, as we have them here, were put together probably in their current form during or after the Babylonian exile in the 6th century BC. That's about 540 or so BC. Just for reference, that would be approximately 650 or 850 years after these wilderness wanderings, depending on when you date them. This chapter is a good example of why scholars often think that at least some of these texts were added later. Notice in verses 25 through 31 how the narrative seems to be retelling in subtle and sometimes not so subtle ways the stories of both the destruction of the northern nations of Ephraim, that happened in the 8th century BC, and the exile into Babylon of the southern nations of Judah, which happened in the 6th century BC. Here's what verse 26 says. You will definitely disappear and quickly from the land that you are crossing over the Jordan River to possess, which sounds like the destruction of the northern nation, by the way. You won't extend your time there, but you will instead be totally destroyed. The Lord will scatter you among the nations, which sounds like the Babylonian exile. Only a few of you will survive in the countries where the Lord will drag you. There you will worship other gods made of wood and stone by human hands, gods that cannot see, listen, eat, or smell. You will seek the Lord your God from there, and you will find him if you seek him with all your heart and with all your being." You see, those verses sound more like a repeat of their history, but also instructions for those exiles. So can you hear and see the allusions to the Babylonian exile and the possible return in these texts? It would therefore seem evident that at least this part of the chapter was added to the Torah later in Judah's history. And there are a couple of reasons for doing that. First, by placing Judah's story in the narrative, they come to interpret their history through this deuterohistoric lens. What that means is that this text commanded them to listen and to not forget. So why did they end up in exile? Because, given this deuterohistoric lens, they ended up in exile because they didn't listen and they did indeed forget. Secondly, by placing their story in this older story, they would also come to understand this new opportunity back in Jerusalem after exile as an opportunity to renew the same covenant that God had previously made with Moses and their ancestors when they first established their lives in the promised land. By weaving the text together like this, Moses is speaking to two new generations, if you will, at the same time. In his own day, he's addressing the Joshua and Moses generation ready to move into the land, but He's also possibly addressing now the Ezra and Nehemiah generation attempting to re-enter the land and rebuild the life that had been lost because of God's judgment of exile. I think that's really cool. What did they fail to listen to and not forget? 
The short answer is the law, but it's also a particular way of embodying the law that they failed to listen to and they forgot. My favorite verse in chapter 4 is verse 6. It says this, Keep them, meaning these laws, keep them faithfully because that will show your wisdom and insight to the nations who will hear about all these regulations. They will say, Surely this great nation is a wise and insightful people. Did you catch that? The point of the redemption and their obedience is so that they would embody a way of life that would be a light to the nations. This is an important theological point as we work our way through this last book of the Torah. I think growing up in the church, I thought the Old Testament law were rules set up by God so that the people could earn their salvation through faithful living. But that's not really the way they view it. They've already been saved from bondage, in this case from Egypt or later from Babylon. They've also been saved from the broken, violent, and untruthful ways of living that those empires embodied. So now learning to live the Torah was not the way to salvation. Again, they were already saved or redeemed. But the Torah is salvation, or at least is the embodiment of a life that is saved and is holy and peacemaking and full of truth. Moses is proclaiming that if they learn to live this life of Torah, that life will be an attractive light to the other nations. Which segues beautifully into chapter 5, which is almost a word-for-word repeat of the giving of the Decalogue or Ten Commandments earlier in Exodus 20. We've dealt with the key themes of the Ten Commandments earlier in Exodus, but as a reminder, the first four commands essentially have to do with the people's relationship to God. This is an exclusive relationship of love through which God is forming his image or reflection in us. And the last six commands all have to do with our relationships to others. Notice that none of the commands have to do with ritual or ceremony. These commands are about how to be the unique, holy people of God in the messiness of day-to-day life. There is one alteration between the way the Decalogue is given in Exodus and the way it's given here in Deuteronomy. That alteration happens in the fourth command related to the Sabbath. In Exodus, we're commanded to honor the Sabbath because at the creation, God rested on the Sabbath day and made it holy. But in this chapter of Deuteronomy, we are told to keep Sabbath because God commanded it, but also because our servants, our children, and even the immigrants living with us, they need to rest. Because we were once slaves in Egypt and knew that kind of bondage, and we cannot subject them to that. So here the command is rooted not just in the creation narrative, but also in God's desire for justice and care in our economic practices. Because these first chapters of Deuteronomy are summarizing so much of our previous readings, the texts hopefully are beginning to have a familiar ring to them. But nevertheless, read them carefully looking for things you've never seen before. Especially given today's readings, listen to what the Spirit might say to you through them and journal your thoughts, prayers, and questions so that you do not forget the unique reflection of God's love and life that you are called to be. Our text for tomorrow are Deuteronomy chapters 6 through 8. I'll talk to you tomorrow.